For those of you listening in for the first time or are new to the She Sells 2 network, we are Jenny and Ellen and we started She Sells 2 to empower women in sales. In this cross-Atlantic podcast with Ellen in Dublin and Jenny in Toronto, we're looking to empower women out there in sales to be their absolute best. In this podcast, we'll be sharing stories, tips and tricks, best practices, and the learnings we're getting along the way. Hi everyone, Ellen here. In this episode, I meet with Carly to talk about what it was like to be laid off in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, and how this was a forced pause that allowed Carly to create purpose with her online yoga studio, Coco Bella. My main takeaway from recording this episode is the reminder of you are exactly where you need to be, which for me inspires a sense of calm and positivity. Enjoy, and as always, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Hi everyone, welcome to uh, She Sells 2 podcast. I'm very excited because today I'm here with Carly that's basically on the other side of the world in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, well kind of in Sydney, but uh, yeah, closer to Melbourne, but yeah, super excited oh, to be here. <laughs> so sorry, where exactly are you based? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm currently in Geelong right now, so it's about an hour out of Melbourne. Oh, okay. Would you go into Melbourne often when it's not self-isolation going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, before I moved overseas, I'd been living in Melbourne for about seven years. Um, but my family originally are from a super small country town uh, in Australia. So it's a it's a little town called Mita Mita. There's about 100 people there. So yeah, I'm, I'm down in Geelong um, at my sister's place right now. But um, yeah, that's that's where I'm from. That's really cool. And I always think that I'm from a small place when I say that there's 5,000 people living in my village. So 100 people is definitely smaller. But yeah. I'm jealous that you've always been so close to Melbourne. Uh, I used to live there for a couple of months and it's my favorite city in the world. Like if Melbourne would be in Europe, that's where I would live. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's funny. I I guess I, I feel so lucky to have been able to live there for seven years. But I love when I hear that because I, I feel like you hear so many people from overseas that are like, they've gone to Sydney and they don't make it to Melbourne. So it always makes me so happy that um, when people come to Melbourne, because I think it's just, it hasn't got the the flashy beaches maybe as much, but I think it's got so much to offer in terms of uh, the culture and the food scene um, is also amazing. So I love that you liked it. It is a long way away though, for sure. It was definitely not. And the food scene is what caught me and I had some friends there. So they really made sure to show me all of the sweet spots, the cool bars, the brunch places that were far <laughs> out of the way. So really love that. Uh, but anyways, it's so good to have you here on the podcast. And I was thinking, just as a start with us, our listeners don't really know you that well. Could you just mm-hmm. give you a sudden introduction of yourself and kind of your career overview? Yeah, for sure. So I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so I guess in terms of my kind of experience. So yeah, I, I'm from Australia. So grew up in a um, little country town, Mita Mita, um, and then moved down to university. So I did my degree at Deakin University studying in international business. Um, and I guess that's kind of where the flavor of getting a little bit of a lens into international business, thinking about doing a potential career um, where you could travel a bit and 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 really working um, on sort of strategy and, and marketing was, was really exciting for me. Um, so once I graduated, um, it was kind of a weird time when I finished because it was just after the uh, global financial crisis. So it was pretty, it was pretty tough um, for jobs and I'd always had part-time jobs working kind of like 
customer sales, whether it be at like the body shop or, or pharmacies and things like that. So it was kind of a weird thing for me to struggle for the first couple of months to, to find a job. Um, there was lots of graduates that are in a really similar position. So um, I got a job um, and I was really lucky to get sort of my first break into the tech scene an Australian startup called Rocked. And I didn't really know much about the tech space at the time. Um, I feel like it was kind of emerging, especially more in Australia. So I think I was higher number 32 at the time. Um, super exciting space to be in. And I was it was kind of my first real intro outside of doing my part-time jobs into sales. Um, so I was an account executive, which for Rocked meant basically a hybrid role between account management and business development. Um, so it's kind of that go-to person who would just do little odd bits and pieces, whether it be like helping build out proposals or doing some like SDR outreaches, which I thought was amazing because it just really gave you a really good lens into both the direct sales and then also that client facing side. So as with a lot of startups, there's a lot of opportunities if you kind of get your hands dirty. And it's because we were such a small startup, it was kind of doing a few different roles at the time. So was lucky to move up pretty quickly there into a senior account management role. So was looking after enterprise and mid-market accounts across Australia. And then we had some pretty quick staff changes in our Melbourne office. With that was taking a more senior leadership role within our Melbourne office, um, had some account managers that I was sort of um, helping manage there as well, and then got the opportunity to help roll out Rocked in North America. So it was wow. a really exciting opportunity. Yeah, a really exciting opportunity for me to to get the opportunity to move to New York. And it had always kind of been, as cliche as it sounds, but a, a dream to sort of get to work internationally and um, New York being such a a big place for a lot of startups and and really exciting. So yeah, it was part of a team of less than 10 people uh, in our New York office, really trying to get Rock's brand out there in North America. And then yeah, after working there for a few years um, on enterprise accounts um, and doing a bit of a hybrid role between account management and new business, obviously found AdRoll and have uh, was there, I guess, for, for nearly three years, um, both in New York and then later transitioning uh, in a sales enablement capacity to our Dublin office. That's so exciting. And I think it's so interesting to see that you really like came into this startup and had the possibility to shape the role into what you wanted it to be. I find mm -hmm. that when you join a big company, always obviously there are structures in place already. There are a lot of people that know how to do things like you can always ask for someone for advice but for you being new in the company must be like okay this is the problem how do i figure out figure it mm -hmm. out and it must be very challenging but also very empowering that you can develop so many things on your own yeah absolutely i think that's what's so attractive to your point alan about startups is that you know there's there's so many different roles that you can kind of take on within your existing role. Mm. Um, and I think that opportunity to bring value um, and sort of own a project, um, it, it's not always, I mean, depending on the start of the start, uh, startup, like Rocked was a lot more earlier stage than AdRoll was, mm. but there were so many opportunities to be like, oh, you know, this training I think could do with a refresh. I'm just going to go and own that. I'm going to build that content out. I'm going to facilitate that training. Or, you know, I think that, um, you know, we could do some sort of women in leadership program for work to really help with our sales teams. Th those sort of things where it's like, mm. if you want to go and you can sort of get backing behind it and show the value and sort of back that up with different sort of, whether it be revenue metrics or 
um, engagement metrics, if it's something related to staff, there's there's always an opportunity to sort of build it out and own it, which is really cool. That's amazing. And what would be your strategy? So it's a very unambiguous, do you say unambiguous, but it's a very like, you know, <laughs> a bit unstructured way of working. Like where did you find inspiration or help or motivation when it was a new problem that no one had solved before or you had to figure it out yourself? Did you have someone to ask questions? Did you have inspirational people you went to? Like how did you solve problems where there, when there was no one that would really have the answer? Yeah, I, it's definitely it's definitely um, a piece that you have come up a lot in startups because they're usually time poor and usually under resourced. Um, mm. So I think um, you know one is is having those sort of internal mentors, and I've been extremely lucky um, both with my experience at Rocked and also with Adroll to get to work with some really inspiring people and I know you hear that a lot within the startup space but I truly believe that um, I've been really lucky to work with um, some really strong leaders that have helped I think it's a balance of like you want to have in terms of mentors like someone that can give you a bit of a framework to give you guidance but without mm. hand holding you um, and that takes time right like it takes time when you started a company like it, it definitely takes time to build up those relationships internally to help having that kind of guidance um, and then obviously once once you do have that um, it, it really helps to understand what the problems are and then build out a sort of solution for that but oh. I, I definitely like to consult different types of opinions um, I think sometimes it's easier to go to those types of people where you know are going to positively reinforce your idea. They maybe mm. won't push back on it as much. Um, so I think one thing that I've been focusing a little bit more on um, at Adroll was getting a more well-rounded perspective and maybe asking people for feedback that you know might not give you exactly the answer that you want. Um, yeah, and just, just getting a little bit curious around like, their perspective, um, just so that you're always challenging yourself a little bit with new perspectives. True. No, and I think that's very valuable. And you need different people for different things. Like you mm -hmm. want someone that actually motivates you and tell you how brilliant you are. So you feel that, okay, <laughs> I'm doing a good job now I can keep on going. But you also need people that challenge your ideas to be like, but why are you thinking like this? What mm -hmm. would be the next step and kind of get your brain to work? And I know that's at least how I'm being coached in the best way that someone is like really challenging me and asking me all of mm -hmm. these hard questions that maybe I wouldn't have come up with about myself. Um, so having yeah. good people around you, I definitely think is key. But something I found very interesting. So when you moved over from New York to Dublin, you started as a sales enablement manager. So a bit of a mm -hmm. different kind of sales role. What was it that made you want to go for this uh, new type of challenge? Yeah, for sure. And it was actually a really tough decision for me taking that senior sales enablement role for Dublin. Um, and the reason being is that um, I'd been in New York for about three and a half years and I anyone that knows me well knows how much I love New York and probably talk about it way too obnoxiously because it it was a in a lot of ways it was it's a tough city it's a gritty city to kind of break into and I felt like I started to do that in some aspects and was really lucky to work with an incredible team um, the bid market sales team at Adroll and have an amazing female sales leader who I really really looked up to Caroline French and so there was an opportunity that kind of came through being on the the president's club 
um, for ad role the, um, to Hawaii. Um, and so I was approached about the sales enablement role um, from one of the sales leaders in Dublin. Um, and I hadn't really thought of sales enablement particularly as an avenue for me at that time. I kind of was just thought I'd keep moving up into the management role um, of sales. And I really did like that that look of that sort of hierarchy of moving into sales leadership. But I think for me, it was an exciting role because it was the first time that I was going to get a little bit more of a holistic lens of the business as a whole, um, sales enablement being kind of a tether between product sales and marketing and being that person that goes between these three teams, you really do get a holistic lens in terms of how a business is running and also being able to pass feedback between product marketing and sales. So it was a tough decision for me but very exciting because it was something new for me and I was really excited to learn more about, you know, product rollouts like we were doing our SaaS rollout um, this last year and being able to be the lead for that um, and facilitating it for our international markets, um, getting international experience through uh, EMEA and, and Dublin, I was super excited to, and also working with a new culture. I think there is so many learnings that you just interacting both internally in the company and then also externally with customers and that that is just so different and the fact that in internationally you have like I would learn all these like little trends like oh yeah in the Italian market it's like this and then in the Spanish markets like this and no we have to communicate differently to in the German market and I was just like at awe about like how all of this is able to go on all from one office um, so I think once I started to learn about how much I could grow and learn that was what was really exciting for me and that's why I took it. That's really really exciting and I think it's so fascinating as well how you say you know like from one office you're able to see so many cultures and get this kind of really international experience and I believe, mm -hmm. believe that's pretty unique with Dublin you know and especially in a company like Adrol where there is a smaller office with so many markets covered like where mm -hmm. else in the world would you be able to learn about the French, the Italian, the Nordic and the UK <laughs> market in one day uh, and at the same time as you probably are in touch with the people working in the US and Australia. So yeah, I, I do really love that about EMEA. And also there with the sales enablement role, I think it's so good to see what different roles there are out there. Um, I know mm -hmm. since I started in sales, it's easy to think that you start maybe as a sales development representative, you either go into more direct sales or account management, and mm -hmm. then you have to decide if you want to be a senior salesperson or if you want to go into management. And then, you know, sometimes it feels like you only see that kind of ladder going in your mm -hmm. career. But then to mm -hmm. see that there are different roles like that as well, I do it's very inspiring to see that it doesn't just have to be one straight way, but that you can move in different kinds of directions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I wanted to go into then, of course, as well with um, working in Agile in Dublin, uh, unfortunately, you were one of the ones that were laid off due to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and I'm really, really sorry to hear that. What was it like actually receiving those news uh, about a month ago? And what was your reaction there? Yeah, for sure. And and first off, like, yeah, don't be sad. All of these, I think it's one of those things where it's like one door closes, another one opens. And I think in terms of the reaction, it, it does kind of go, this is the first time in, in my career that I'd had that happen. I'd had been in that experience where you got laid off. And I think just with the COVID-19 crisis, you know, we hear about it a lot, but just the speed 
at, at which it kind of hit ad roll and how everything just moved so quickly. I'd recently come back to Australia and was working from home. And when I first came to Australia, I had to go into self-isolation for two weeks. Um, so that was a strange experience in itself yeah. because I just come to Australia and then all of a sudden I couldn't see anybody and I was self-isolating for two weeks. And the news was delivered the day after I got out of self-isolation. So I was just excited to be out of self-isolation. Yeah. And then um, obviously got this sad news that, um, you know, was being laid off. And I think the first initial reaction is an automation one of like, could I have done more? Like, was it a personal thing? And and as much as you don't want to think that, I think that's kind of the first thing that I was thinking. And then upon realising the level of scale at which it had impacted ad role and sort of speaking to a lot of other people I think yeah there was definitely a few days of um you know sadness and I think that being that you know I I absolutely loved working for ad role I think they um had an amazing culture I think there was such an ability to own different projects and and show your value and and people really talked about being your authentic uh, self at work and I, I truly believe that they they did allow that for me over the nearly three years that I was working there. So I think the thing that I was most sad about was one, the close relationships that I had made at AdRoll, um, both in the New York office and also in Dublin. And I think, you know, they don't, for me, a lot of what I work for is the people that I work for. And I was lucky to work with some really inspiring people and make some really close fr- relationships and and friendships so I think that was probably the thing that I was sad about um even though of course those friendships will still remain it's still being able to work with those kind of inspiring people and come into a place where you feel like you can really be your genuine self um, and get to have these wonderful experiences um both in in Dublin and also in New York. No I absolutely understand than you and I think leaving a company is kind of like a breakup or moving out from your family mm-hmm. it's a, you leave such a safe space and I was in agile before I started in Google and I see it as kind of my start into sales my Dublin family and I remember mm-hmm. when I had my last day in there I walked around I hugged everyone and I was crying on my way out because it felt like <laughs> you know shit, I'm leaving this relationship that I will never get back again and then for you, like getting that as a shock, then you haven't even had a chance to mentally prepare for it yet. So mm-hmm. I understand that it must have been a few really tough days, but I'm glad to hear that you're seeing it in the good way. And I think that the more kind of like positive outlook that you can have on these things, the the better you will feel. Um, mm-hmm. And you have actually brought this around in a very good way. Um, you started Coco Vela, the online yoga studio just after this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Once I yeah, once I had some time to digest it and and realize that, you know, what had happened and I think I kind of realized that there was an opportunity that you don't get very often in your career to take a bit of pause and make that a little bit purposeful in some ways. And also just reflecting that, you know, yes, my situation was tough, I lost my job, but there's so many other people that have it significantly worse, um, you know, whether it be through financial stress of losing their job and having huge financial obligations. Um, you know, I had a couple of friends that had, 
you know, visas that they lost because of their jobs and then they had leases or things like that, which made it really challenging. Um, and they didn't have the place where they could easily just move back home. And then similarly, you think about like the healthcare workers and the people that have been on the front line and, and the kind of stress that they're under as well. So I think once I had a bit of time to to reflect and realise that, yeah, it's, it's look, it was it was obviously sad in a lot of ways, but you know, one door closes, I think the next one opens. And I had a really amazing run at Adwell over nearly three years. And um, yeah, so I think with Coco Bella, I'd, I'd always, I've, I've really loved yoga. So I've been doing yoga for about four, four years now. So I got into it when I was in New York and um, was lucky enough to do my training there part-time alongside working with Adroll. And I realized with the lockdown, just in general, that a lot of people were feeling isolated both because you know social contact you can't go out you can't interact and be with people um and then also just with these really uncertain times um and not knowing what's coming around the corner either you know you've gone through a situation like losing your job or maybe you're worried about losing your job like all of these really um stressful situations and i think for me personally, having seen what yoga's done for my mental health um, and well-being, I realised that there was a, an opportunity to use this time um, where I don't have a job to create a platform um, and provide online affordable yoga that's accessible at different times. Um, so having done quite a bit of yoga, I had some teachers that I absolutely love um, and some close friends who were excited to get on board as well. So we have six teachers um, from all across the world. We have from New York to Sydney to Berlin to Dublin as well. Um, and so they were all excited to be able to, to teach as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was really amazing to see it come together really quickly and just the support, um, the overwhelming support from people that wanted to get involved or just attend classes and yeah, really connect together. So it's been really special. It's such a good idea. And I know when Elle told me about this project, it went into your website, your Instagram, and it's so fantastic <laughs> what kind of community feeling you managed to build up during this short period of time. And it's such amazing as well that I saw that you offer discounts for healthcare workers, people that are affected by layoffs or that are in financial distress. And I believe all of this shows the kindness that is out there and kind of how we are in this together. Um, so mm -hmm. really kudos to you for this. I think that's amazing. So it's such a good thing. And wow, what a resilience it shows. Like I took a resilience course a couple of weeks ago and how they talk about it is that when you feel down, you have to bounce back. But no, it's not about bouncing back. It's actually about bouncing forward. And this is a really, really big bounce forward for you. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be your goal now with Coco Bella? Are you thinking any next steps or where would you like to push it in the future? Yeah, so I think it, it has been like a really positive thing um, during this time where people are sort of locked down and I've absolutely like it's been so lovely for me to teach um, personally, like that's been re so rewarding just in itself. Um, so in terms of like where we want to go, we've had like about 140 bookings so far in the last, wow. in the first couple of weeks, yeah, that we've launched. So that's super exciting. That makes me so happy just to see people coming in and, and responding really positively to the classes and the fact that you have like different time zones to join. It's really, really cool. Um, so I guess in terms of next steps um, for me, I'd love to offer a little bit more variation in some workshops and things like that. So um, 
I, I love some of the meditation pieces. We've got meditation once a week, but I'd love to do um, some cool meditation sound baths um, and maybe some sort of workshop pieces as well within inversions within the yoga practice. Um, and just some open share circles. Um, obviously, people going through some pretty tough times right now. So, um, you know, we're thinking about doing a grateful uh, meditation and circle discussion as well, where people sort of come um, and talk about like some learnings that they've had in their downtime. So like thinking about like, what does it make you grateful for? Um, you know, there's a lot of um, studies that show that being more grateful has such positive impact on your well-being and your wellness. Um, so really getting people to take stock of this time where they do have more time to be reflecting on their life and and sort of thinking about like what things they're really grateful for and, and sort of doing an open share circle, which I'd be super excited to do. That sounds really exciting. And yeah, the gratefulness is such an important piece now, but also to be able to have time to reflect it and share it with others. And one mm -hmm. thing I find is easy in isolation is that you go very much into reflecting mode. You think what you're grateful of, but you might not always have the circle to share it with. And mm -hmm. even, you know, sometimes the people in your closest circle might not be as interested or they might not be in the same stage of where you are in this. Mm -hmm. So that's good that you actually put people together that would be open to share this, that want to learn and want to have this trust circle. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's so true, right? And I think that's so nice when I've joined some of these like similar workshops or circles where they do things like that. It's funny because you end up connecting with different people that maybe you haven't met or interacted with before that are on a similar level to you. Um, and I think that's so cool when you can kind of, because it, it is sometimes a little bit more of a vulnerable or personal thing to talk about, like personal things, like what you're specifically grateful for. So yeah, I think it's, it's really cool that you can also meet people that are on a similar page that want to talk about this. Um, Cause yeah. I found that sometimes too, where I'm like, Feel like I'm preaching to some of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's really nice. And you go to some of these things, whether it be like a meditation or something, and you meet these people and like, oh yeah, I love this too. So yeah, I love that community aspect. It's really cool. Yeah. No, and I get the same feeling. I think for me having my family back in Sweden where there's basically not any lockdown, like they're living their mm -hmm. lives like normal. And I would, you know, call my mom and be like, I started this uh, happiness course or I'm meditating or I'm doing yoga mm -hmm. and I'm writing a gratefulness journal. And she's like, <laughs> wow, you're really taking a bit of time to change, aren't you? Uh, so I think it's nice to find people that are in the same kind of headspace as you are as well. So you don't feel that you're preaching or that you sound a bit too up in the cloud, but that they actually understand what it is that you're going through. And now with Coco Bella that you're running this, are you taking any of your skills from kind of the sales marketing uh, field into running Coco Bella? Yeah, I love this question because I think it was... <laughs> It felt like such a test, right? Like, I mean, we've worked in, I've worked in sales for nearly seven years and a lot of that has been talking about marketing and business strategy with businesses, whether it be, you know, more small to medium and Adderall or more enterprise accounts. So it was kind of in a way it was like, oh, wow, like I've talked so much to clients about this over the years, but like, can I practice some of the things that I've preached? Um, so it was, it was really interesting. I think like from setting up a website from scratch, like there was a lot of learnings just in terms of doing Doing all that and getting that all set up and then like um, you know email marketing and figuring out the content um, to doing like giveaways and promotions and testing like a b split testing different creative and like wow. all of these things 
talk about so much um, and then it's like, oh, I'm actually doing this. Like, so um, yeah, I think it's it's really, really cool and it gives you um, a bit of perspective in terms of like, it's it's hard. Sometimes like you, you're testing different things and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like I've talked about SEO strategy, <laughs> but like how do I do it? <laughs> but it's funny so, when you actually, yeah, have to be on the practical side because as you say, like we've been working with this for a long time with marketing and you tell the cl clients yeah. like, if you would do this, this will bring you this kind of results because you're so yeah. used to the theory, but actually sitting mm -hmm. there yourself was, yeah, it's going to be interesting for you if you go back into kind of sales marketing and actually have yeah. that perspective with you. Yeah, for sure. And I and it definitely makes you appreciate it. But I think it you, you do take a lot of tactical skills that you don't realize, like even thinking about like how much we talk with um, clients about like how are they measuring success and like giving yourself goals and like those kind of things. And I think it makes you think about like, well, how am I going to measure success for this? What are my goals going to be? And those kind of things that you, you know, you get so used to talking to clients about. It's like, oh, now I'm talking to myself like this. So <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I would love, I would love, uh, you know, an account manager at Google and an account manager at AdRoll. That'd be amazing. So that'd be really great. But yeah, for now it's just me. <laughs> Until then, you get to ask yourself all of those hard questions that the salespeople would ask you otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's amazing. And what do you think? I mean, this kind of project is what you're working with now. Would you see yourself going back into sales? And if you do, would it be in the same kind of field? Or do you think that you would come in with a different approach? Yeah, yeah, really good question. I think I... It's funny because I took the sales enablement role to get a lens outside of sales. Whilst it was still had a sales function in terms of like our SaaS rollout, um, I liked it because it had that aspect of product and marketing involved in it as well. And I wanted to see if sales was where I wanted to go back to. Mm. And I think it's um, a really, really great role. And I definitely encourage a lot of people um, who may have dismissed that kind of role just to get that holistic experience. It's great. Um, but yeah, I really can't see myself not going back into sales. Um, I think there's just so many aspects about sales that I really, really strongly resonate with. I think, you know, within every sales team that I've worked with, whether it be training through sales enablement or being involved in them directly, the level of uh, motivation and that kind of camaraderie as well that comes with working in especially startup sales teams um, is just so inspiring. And I think there is almost that little bit of like competitive nature as well. Um, and just always continually looking to grow and expand and um, getting to work with customers um, and having those consultative conversations with customers to learn what their problems are, what where their opportunities are, I think is is really cool. So I I don't I can't see myself not going in some capacity back into sales. I'm so happy to hear and I agree with you that sales is such a rewarding role and you know warms my heart that you you know you're <laughs> taking a break you're taking time to reflect and now you're doing this whole new project but that's still sales is kind of like it's going to lure you back eventually and I <laughs> believe that really shows what a great career choice it is and also what a fun field it is to be in. Yeah, yeah, um, so a nail on the head. I think that allures you back in. There's something addictive about it in a way, um, but yeah, a, in a really positive way. Yeah, it is a role when you kind of you get adrenaline rushes, you get a lot of challenges, you can get a bit nervous. Like you constantly have to push yourself, I believe, and you know it never gets boring. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so last thing I wanted to ask you, just before I let you go again, um, mm -hmm. what would be your main advice to people out there now that would be struggling, losing their jobs, or feeling a bit lost in all of this? What would, what would you say to them to kind of bring them out of that? Yeah, yeah, really good question. I think I, I had to think about this in terms of what I would say to someone else in someone else's position. And everyone is, you know, even though if they have lost their job and there's some similarities, everyone has very unique circumstances. But I was doing um, my 300-hour yoga training. I've been doing it from home. And I remember the teacher saying this one statement that really resonated with me, and it was, you're exactly where you are, where you need to be. And I know that that seems like a crazy thing to hear right now, especially for people that maybe have lost their job or maybe they've had to move back in with their parents, like all of these things that you think like, how can I be exactly where I need to be right now? But I think it is. And I think this time where we were at home and wherever it is, maybe you've lost your job or maybe you're worried about losing your job, we have an opportunity to take a bit of pause and take and not very often do we get to do that like I think we we're so rushed in our normal day-to-day -day life especially when you work in tech and in sales it's very fast moving it's very quick you don't have a lot of time to actually evaluate what's important in your role where do you get satisfaction out of um, and do you like what you're doing and and I think that there's a real opportunity um, that we have this almost like forced pause right now um, to be really purposeful about like what brings you value. Um, so yeah, you're exactly where you need to be. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's really, really beautiful. You're, you're exactly where you need to be. And yeah, a forced pause is probably what we need in this kind of hectic life. Mm -hmm. uh, but thank you so much, Carly, for taking the time to chat with me, to share your story. Uh, and it's been a pleasure. Like you're such a positive spirit and it makes me like happy. I'm sitting here with the biggest smile now and I will <laughs> be very happy going on with my day. Uh, thank you so much, Ellen. It was really beautiful um, to talk with you. I absolutely love what She Sells is doing. I've been listening to your podcast already. So um, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll be listening to my own voice, but... <laughs> Um, it's something that you have to get used to. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you so much and best of luck with everything. Thank you.